This is Ball on Blast, part of the On Blast Podcast Network, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you like it, then subscribe and tell your friends. Holla. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're far too kind for tuning in once again to another edition of the Ball on Blast podcast. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. My name is Sheldon Alexander, and I'm here once again with my guy, Andrew Webster. Webby, what is good, my dude? Just pulling up from 35 like my man Trey Young. <laughs> Summer League action in full effect, eh, Webby? I'm, uh, dare to say, I'm into it. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm. I'm really. I'm. I'm getting into it. I, I really like the that kid Knox uh, for the Knicks. He's Yo. super nice. We talked and- about it. The real heads know when we talked about it on our draft preview. Knox was one of those guys. I said, yo, watch out for him because we don't know. We never really know what Calipari guys will do in the league because they recruit so highly. And now you have to make all these freshman pieces fit in such a small amount of time. You never know whose game is getting hidden or whose game is getting squashed because they got to play out of position. Knox is balling. But here's the thing. Even if you go to Kentucky means you've got skills. True. Exactly. Exactly. Nope, that's a great point, man. And, you know, we're seeing, maybe we're seeing his full arsenal on display so far, at least in Summer League, which, hey. I know, I know. It's It's Summer summer League. league. It's Summer League. (laughs) But, you know, those Knicks fans, they've been... uh, They've been dying for a little while. They're looking for some positivity. It looks like James Dolan is trying to make some moves to sell the team, uh, and they might have a good young one here in uh, in Knox. A lot of interesting rumors floating around with the Knicks sale, but also, of course, because it's that time of year, rumors are high in the NBA because they're summer Speaking league. Speaking of rumors. Hey, the main event is still the NBA's offseason. And you might have thought the drama was over because LeBron James signed in L.A. You might have thought the drama was over because Paul George decided he was going to stay in OKC. But oh no, Kawhi Leonard is still a very big fish that is reportedly available. But that's not even the big news that's floating around right now. Tensions are getting high among Raptor fans as this Kawhi Leonard and Raptors rumors, Webby, won't go away, will they? No. Well, I love the, uh, the the way of using betting odds to really like <laughs> back up your analysis. I love it. And when my phone was flooded with Tweets and notifications of how the Raptors shot up Vegas's odds board of landing Kawhi Leonard. Exactly, right? And so for the people that don't know, let's let's just roll through this whole thing. Because at first glimpse, I'm going to be honest, I was kind of like, wait, Kawhi Leonard to the Raptors? Like, this kind of seems far-fetched. I don't know if to believe this. But on the flip side... <laughs> Just a few months ago, we were talking, I mean, John Tavares to the Leafs. Should we believe this? So basically, hey, what have I learned over the past few weeks, Webby? Anything is possible. Like a Anything wise man, is possible. <laughs> right? Like a wise man KG once said. But for this Kawhi Leonard to the Raptors thing, let's just go over with what we know, okay? Because there's different levels to this. And obviously, a guy like Brian Windhorse, who is plugged in, he's given credence to this. You know, there's also a report in the Washington Post. But... Let's just start from the beginning and go over what we know, right? 
So here's what we know for sure. Ever since the draft, there's been reports from Raptors media that something big could possibly be coming, right? Right. Doug Smith, again, uh, for those who don't know, I work on a show called Tim and Sid, and we had Doug Smith on right around the NBA draft, or just before the draft, and he said that he didn't think that both Kyle and DeMar would be on the team by the time training camp rolls around. No, hold so on. So that's someone you, that's plugged into Raptors circles, Does right? he mean that they that neither one or one or the other? He said he doesn't think they both will be back, as in okay. it'll probably be one or the other is gone. Okay, That's what I took away from that. Also, we have Masai Ujiri himself saying that the Raptors are open for business. Like, those words came out of Masai Ujiri's mouth, right? Right. A follow-up from our guy at TSN, Josh Lewenberg, he also reported that the Raptors aren't necessarily shopping DeMar DeRozan and Lowry but they are open for business. Yeah, it's, they're, they're okay. not not shopping them. <laughs> All right. So we're, we're here with this. We're here with this, right? So now let's fast forward, or let's go back to earlier this week. I guess it would have been Monday, where Tim Bontemps from the Washington Post, he wrote an article on just what's going on with this Kawhi Leonard story, because we all know that right now the Lakers and Spurs are pretty much battling over uh, assets, right? right? Like, how much should the Lakers really give up for Kawhi Leonard? But he added in, and it was just a little footnote, but it doesn't take much for Raptors land to go crazy. But in his article, he wrote, quote, Raptors also generated buzz as a potential destination for Leonard. With LeBron James out of the East, perhaps Raptors president Masai Ujiri is willing to swing for the fences and move DeMar DeRozan or Kyle Lowry in such a deal. Okay? So that that piqued, you know, everyone's interest, right? Okay. Okay, right? So now... We get into the betting odds, okay? And the site is actually Bet My Bookie, and I know that everyone's going around talking about uh, what was it, Odds Sharks? Oh, is that, is what, that what? Yeah, it is? yeah, I think that's what it was. But really, they're just retweeting Bet My Bookie, and in this era of how media is transferred, right? You just get people aggregating stories, right? from another aggregator. But basically, betmybookie.com had the Raptors and Spurs at plus 200 in terms of being the favorites to land Kawhi Leonard next season. And then today, Mr. Andrew Webster, there's an update. Got to get the latest odds. No point the in betting odds, yesterday's odds. The latest odds were the Raptors were even money. Wow. They were the odds on favorite at even money wow. to be where Kawhi Leonard will play next season. And all this, just to throw it in, just to throw it in, DeMar DeRozan happened to delete everything off his Instagram account and had an Instagram story that read, oh, I lost it here. I thought I had it here, but I lost it. DeMar DeRozan's Instagram story, I'm going to Google it right now, but it was very uh, cryptic, yeah. to say the least. Right, right. Uh, maybe um, uh, some some subtext in there of what he's trying to say. But li listen, the only thing with deleting your whole Instagram account is we've seen this happen uh, with players in the NBA before and with mm -hmm. players throughout sports. I mean, I think the, uh, I think Julio Jones of the Atlanta Falcons did the same thing. Yeah. Uh, definitely. And, and definitely caused a stir. And then it came out that it was more of a message to the new Alabama recruits coming in for this year. So <laughs> deleting the Instagram like you're a 22-year-old uh, chick, uh, 
listen, that's one thing, but I'm not sure if it definitely means that DeMar is getting traded. Now, so here, here's here's what he said. He said, and it was a very cryptic in terms of all black background, plain white font. Right. Says we had some humps along the way. Now that could be bumps, or maybe it is humps. I don't know. He says we had some humps along the way, but the reward is in the journey. I'm in my bag. Hashtag prove them. Again, as Webby says, this could mean nothing. Yeah. But as we've we've talked about week after week, once we went from cuffs to legend, telling us about LeBron going to LA, he was right. We had the whole the whole Wes Clark saga with the Leafs and John Tavares going to coming to Toronto, right? He was right. We just provide the information. And if you decide to connect all those dots and have them mean that there's something coming in the Raptor in Raptors land, that's up to you. We're just providing the information and letting you draw your own conclusions. But I will say this. My question, okay, yeah, 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 you go, you go. What out of all of this that we just went through, what stands out to you the most? Do you think Kawhi Leonard, this, like, do you think this is a legitimate thing, Kawhi Leonard to the Raptors? Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely legitimate if they're now the even odds on favorite to land Kawhi Leonard. Now, here's the thing, though. If you're... If you are Toronto, and we've been talking about this even before Kawhi's name started circulating around with the Raptors, we both feel that the Raptors have to do something. They have to get out of either from under DeMar or Kyle, if not both. And if you're going to get out from under one of them, uh, why not try and turn it into a immediate positive? Rather than something, almost trading a DeMar for assets, draft picks, anything like that, why not try to make a big splash, bring in a star, even if it is going to be for one year, and use a culture change, a reset that way. And then, not only that, but it's going to pay dividends, even if Kawhi does leave after a year, you've already put it out there that Toronto is a destination. If If they were to land Kawhi, I think that it would really get Toronto out under the shadow that right now the Sixers and the Celtics have over the Raptors because the Celtics have made these moves in the past and all summer since even the playoffs were going on we've been talking about the Sixers landing a big trade target whether it be LeBron James Kawhi Leonard or Paul George yeah, I mean, it, I'll be honest. When this when this started coming up about Kawhi to the Raptors, I was kind of hesitant because I thought, especially when that article in the Washington Post came out, right? My first thought, honestly, was, okay, this is being floated because it really benefits everyone involved, right? So the Spurs on their side, they're trying to get the number up from the Lakers. They want more right. assets. So if you put it out there that, hey, there are other teams involved that want to make moves that can only help your case in trying to get more out of the Lakers. And from the Raptors side, if you're Masai Ujiri, this makes it look like your franchise, as you just said, Webby, you're in the game. You're trying to make big moves. You're at least in the discussion. If you don't end up with Kawhi, hey, we'll all remember, you know what? Masai was in on that conversation. He's trying to make big moves. At least he tried. If it didn't work, Okay, we can accept that, but he's trying. He's not just going to trot out the same the same cast of characters without trying to improve the team. But the longer that this goes on, and I'm going to remove the voting the the gambling odds out of this for a second. Okay. When you add in Brian Windhorst to this, like I think 
where there's smoke, there's fire, right? Like there's a legitimate conversation. Cause I don't think Brian Windhorse is just throwing things out there just for the sake of throwing things out there. Do you know what I mean? I feel like for him to be talking about this and obviously, you know, the, the more legitimate reports that come out about this, this tells me that Masai Ujiri is out there trying to make moves. And plus, we heard it from the man's mouth himself. The Raptors are open for business. So who knows what the Spurs are, maybe the Spurs were trying to make the move offering Kawhi to them, right? Like, we don't know who might have initiated this conversation, let's say. So I think there's definitely something going on. Now, will this happen? That's a whole other discussion because I agree with you, Webby. I think if you're the Raptors and you can pull this off, it is worth the risk. And I don't. I would prefer to give up Kyle Lowry than DeMar DeRozan, but at the end of the day, you got to think about it. Kawhi is what, a top five player in the NBA? When healthy. When healthy, top five player in the NBA, right? And you might be thinking, is it worth it just to get one year out of Kawhi Leonard, right? But here's the thing. If you're the Toronto Raptors, you're not used to signing big-name free agents, right? right? You're not even used to getting meetings with big-time free agents. Remember, it was a big deal when they got a meeting with LaMarcus Aldridge, yes. Remember when they yeah. got a meeting with LaMarcus Aldridge? That was considered to be a big deal. So if you think about it, what's the better move here if you're Masai Ujiri and you're trying to make a pitch when you, you struggle to get into the room with a lot of these big-time superstars? Well, you would have a year-long pitch meeting, Right. If you make the trade and acquire Kawhi Leonard, that's giving you a full year to bet on your franchise, to make that pitch from your whole organization, top down, even into the fan base, to say, hey, you should come here. This is what it's like playing for this team. This is what our organization is like. This is what our city's like. More importantly, this is what our fan base is like. And if you're a top five dude, this fan base will love you. And I think if you can make that move in acquiring a top five level talent, you have to take that chance if you're the Toronto Raptors because how else do you get that talent into Toronto? You'd have to draft it, and we know how difficult that is, right? You're, you're absolutely right. The other thing is you've got a model for this successfully working out for your team in Oklahoma mm -hmm. City. They what, took what was the, the line? What was the line, Webby? What, oh, the line care money don't make none. Exactly right. You know? Shout out to Sam Presti. Sorry, I just so, had to get that in. But yo, go absolutely. So that's <laughs> and but I mean that's the thing. You've seen this happen. Now, can you bring in even if it does go south? I still think, like I say, like you're saying, to make this move happen and have this go right for the Raptors puts you on, I think, level playing field uh, as the rest of the league sees you with the Sixers and the Celtics. Yeah, and again. Think about how else do you get top-level talent in the NBA. You have to draft it or you're getting a free agent signing, right? The mm -hmm. Raptors have, can't get – like, who's the biggest free agent the Raptors have ever signed? Hito Turkoglu. Right? So, and an old-ass Hakeem Olajuwon. Yeah. So, you can't rely on free agency. You can barely get a meeting. It's not like you got a meeting with LeBron James. You wouldn't get a meeting with even Paul George. You probably wouldn't get a meeting with Kawhi Leonard. So, how else do you get a meeting with Ka Kawhi Leonard? You trade him. And yeah. now, your pitch meeting lasts a full year. Now, the only thing that I would say, though, is that if this backfires mm -hmm. and you don't get him, then you're now losing DeMar and or Kyle. You're, I, not gonna that re, instance, you're not going to resign them, yeah, and I think I mean, that I think that even this, even this conversation and the way that it's uh, circulated around Toronto media, now it's become a story in Raptorland. This is now, and and like you see, uh, we're talking about 
DeMar DeRozan's Instagram posts. And I'm sure we're going to be dissecting his Instagram posts uh, in perpetuity if this doesn't happen. <laughs> because it, we're, his like emotional well-being is now going to be something that's on the, uh, the front of the mind of every Raptors fan. No, you're totally right, Webby. And, and you're right. There is a huge risk in all this, right? But at the end of the day, after this upcoming season... Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka are basically going to be expiring contracts, right? Like, I don't think they're going to be at the level that's worth what the the money value is of their contract, right? Is Kyle Lowry going to be worth 31? I mean, is Kyle Lowry worth 30 million this upcoming season? I don't think so. But then add that to another year, right? So if you can get out of that contract now, you take that chance. That's worth the risk of one year of trying to keep Kawhi Leonard. I think you make that move if we're talking about trading away Kyle Lowry and whatever other assets. Now, DeMar DeRozan, that's where I kind of stall on this whole thing, right? If there's one like moment where I paused in this whole thing, it was seeing uh, someone in for the Bleacher Report uh, put out a potential trade offer, right? That consisted of, I think it was DeMar DeRozan, Pascal Siakam, uh, who was it? Pascal Siakam OG draft picks for Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green, basically to fill up and make the salaries work, right? Oh. Yeah. So if you look at a deal like that, where you're giving up Danny Green, or sorry, you're getting Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard for DeMar, OG, Pascal, and picks, for that one year, that's tough. Because that is tough. you're walking away from DeMar, who is the only like star to re-sign with your team multiple times and long-term the face of your franchise, right? Arguably the best player in franchise history. You basically need Kawhi Leonard to re-sign, right? Like that's a tough L to take. If Kawhi doesn't re-sign, I understand the risk, but that's a tough risk to take with the arguably the biggest franchise player that you've ever had in your history. Again, if it's Kyle, I take that chance and I basically say you can have Kyle and whatever else on the roster that's not DeMar and picks. I'll take my one year chance of trying to pitch Kawhi Leonard. Let's do this. That would be my offer. Here's my thing is that if you bring in Kawhi Leonard, are you the, you're not the favorite in the East. No, but you know what? I'm, I'm confident. I'm, I'm confident more, a lot more confident going up against, here's the thing though. Here's the thing, Webby. If you tell me you traded away Kyle, right? And so your wings are now, you trade Kyle and OG, let's say, and your wings are DeMar and Kawhi Leonard. You're starting Fred Van Fleet at point guard now, right? With DeLon as a backup. Bringing DeLon off the bench. Yeah. I mean, I'm okay with that perimeter unit going forward. You know, you know what I mean? And, and I know I don't think it's better than the Celtics. I don't think you're better than the Sixers. But after that, yo, I'll, I'll take that chance because, again, Kawhi Leonard, it when healthy, you could be talking about the best player in the Eastern Conference, no? Listen, my, my only problem here is that with what the Spurs are looking for from the Lakers for Kawhi, I'd be really hesitant that you're going to give up too much. Yeah. And and if if that's what was floated, what you gave me with what was it, Demar, Demar OG, OG, and uh, Demar OG and Pascal Siakam, and picks and picks, yeah, yeah, that's tough for Danny Green and one year of Kawhi who's on a bum leg. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what you are doing in in that instance, Webby. You're banking on the fact that hopefully, hopefully, much like what happened with. Uh, the Paul George situation, 
Remember, because the Paul George situation, Indiana was hell bent on not sending him to the Cavs. He didn't want. They didn't yeah. want to send him to the Cavs. They didn't want to send him to the Eastern Conference. And so when the offer came up from OKC, they jumped on it. They were happy with the haul, but they probably could have done better. But they were so just focused on getting him out of the Eastern Conference. So if you're the Raptors. Maybe you just hope, you sit back and hope that the Spurs are kind of feeling the same type of vibe where they're more interested in, in getting him, getting Kawhi Leonard out of the West and they don't want to see him on the Lakers because that's been one of their rivals forever, as we know. And, you know, hopefully that's a thing where the Raptors can take advantage of that situation and maybe you don't have to give up as much as the Lakers did. And I know... I don't want to get too far into this like <laughs> hypothetical to get Raptor fans too hype, or maybe we're already there because people are buying <laughs> into to the uh, betting odds. And something I wanted to mention about the betting odds, Webby, okay? People unfamiliar with how gambling works, the gambling odds are not based off what's most likely to happen. The gambling odds are bet on, are sorry, the gambling odds are based upon where they can get money on either side of the bet, right? right? So if the line was at plus 200, that could just mean that a lot of people started started betting on the Raptors, and so they moved the line down to even money. It doesn't mean that, oh, more information came out, there's more rumors floating, now you know they have some inside source that tells them the Raptors are close to getting Kawhi. That's not what it means that the line went from plus 200 to even money. It just means... They started taking There's a whole lot more bets in. on the Raptors at plus 200, so they moved it down to even money. Does that right. make sense? That, it makes sense to me. Because I don't know if people understand that. I think people just think like, oh, Vegas knows something. And it's like, that's not necessarily, like, yes, but that's not necessarily how gambling lines move. Right. Um, but yeah, I just went to double check what uh, my guy here, Tyler Conway, wrote for, in the Bleach Report. He said the likeliest potential trade package would send DeMar DeRozan, OG, and Jakob Pertl. Sorry, I messed that up. I said Siakam. So he said it would be DeMar DeRozan, mm. OG, Jakob Pertl, along with a pick to San Antonio for I mean, Kawhi Leonard and one of, the, one or the other. They're both. That's the thing. I'd, I'd rather keep to... Pascal than, than Pertl, but that's just me. It's tough to break those two up because I find that they play very complimentary. Well, I'd rather keep Siakam because that means less Serge Ibaka. <laughs> yeah, I feel that Pirtle's got a little more offense to him than Siakam does. True. Very true. I will not argue that point, Webby. I will not argue that point. But And if you bring in Kawhi see, I'm just I'm also worried about the leg. How confident are you in the in the calf muscle of Kawhi Leonard? I really think that he was sour, like, because you wonder about that, right, in the injury. But I think that the way that this all is played out, obviously, you're going to do your medical background checks and all that stuff before you make this deal, right? Um, but I'll say this. One of the things that came out was that they were, the Kawhi Leonard and his camp were really upset with how the Spurs kind of threw him under the bus while he was working his way back from injury, right? And rightly or wrongly, they were spurned by that. And I feel like that played a lot more of a factor in his ill-fated attempts to come back, if that makes sense, or his unwillingness to even be around the team come postseason. 
Like the fact that it leaked into the media that Tony Parker and Manu had that meeting where they basically called out Kawhi Leonard, the fact that that leaked into the media, Kawhi Leonard didn't really like that. Him and his camp didn't like that. And that was really one of the things that bothered them. And that could be why we're at this position where he might not go back. The other thing too, did you see how USA basketball announced like their big list for a training camp that's coming up in Vegas and Kawhi Leonard is on it. And you know who the head coach is? It's Pop. Greg Popovich. So this story isn't going anywhere anytime soon. Um, so here's my other thing okay. uh, yeah. about Kawhi joining the Raptors. Mm-hmm. Is that in his career in San Antonio, he's had such a, uh, not a rigid, but such a structure yes. to his basketball life. Mm-hmm. In terms of from basically the top on down. He comes to Toronto. And obviously he's now a little bit infamous about having this uh, unit behind him in terms of family, friends, this group of people. Yeah. With a new coach, a young team, um, are you at all worried that Kawhi could come in and run the show? Here, Here's the thing, right? So it's a perfect test for what Masai Ujiri has been preaching to us for the past five years about them trying to build this program. Right. And you, you mentioned, it doesn't what, seem like it would be a program anymore. If Kawhi is allowed to come in and honestly hold the power, uh, of the situation there, because he knows that he's got the Raptors kind of over the barrel with, what they give up for him, and the fact that he's only there potentially for a year. Someone today made the comment earlier about could Kawhi's uncle be like asking for Vince Carter's mom's parking spot? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, And it's an interesting scenario. It definitely is, right? And I think that, I know this sounds super simplistic, but if you ball out, yo, man, you could have whatever you want. Doesn't matter. Yeah, right. I mean, I, sometimes sports really becomes that simple, right? And Vince was allowed for a while to get away with whatever he wanted to because he was balling. His mom was allowed to have the parking spot because he was balling. Once the injury started to come, once, you know, the lackadaisical defense became a thing, the whining became a thing, and your production was down, more importantly, then, then people started walking. to get... Yeah, then mom's people started to TTC. call mom's mom's (laughs) taking the red rocket to the game because she doesn't have a parking spot right but and i know it sounds simple simplistic but if Kawhi leonard comes here and balls out and his 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 uncle wants drake seats yo man (laughs) drake sorry but whoever sits beside you you can still have your seat but that second ticket now belongs to Kawhi's uncle yo these are uncle is gonna get producing credits on the new album Are you in on the Raptors? Like, just to wrap this up all together, though, like... Am I in on the move? Are you in on the Raptors trying to get Kawhi Leonard? Yes. Yes, I am. Taking Uh, the chance. Like I say, like, the rest of the... The last thing you want is this window of you being able to possibly make an NBA Finals without LeBron in your conference. You don't want that window to shut on you. And I... Uh, we've been talking about it since the end of the season. They need to do something because the Sixers are trying to do things and the Celtics have already done them. And getting Gordon Hayward back is going to be like adding a big piece to them. No, I, I totally agree with you, Webby. And I've been, I've been, I can't lie. 
I feel like I've shifted my my thought process here. At first, I, I didn't really want to give up DeMar DeRozan to get Kawhi Leonard because I felt like you would still need other pieces to surround Kawhi with. And having the two all-stars of Kawhi and DeMar, that is your best-case scenario if you're the Raptors. But I'll say if DeMar DeRozan is what's standing in front of you getting someone who, when healthy, is a top-five player in the league, someone who's won finals MVP, someone who's gone head-to-head against LeBron and not cowered in the moment year after year in the postseason, as we've seen this current Raptors stars. A champion. Right? We watch Kawhi go at LeBron and LeBron go at Kawhi and neither of them back down, right? Like, we've seen that happen. So if DeMar DeRozan's what's standing in your way of getting a season-long pitch meeting to get a top-five talent in the league... You got to do it at the end of the day. Whatever it takes, bring in Kawhi Leonard, take your shot for one year, and hey, figure out a, another way that you can trade or upgrade and get another star in and, and flip this around. And, and hey, man, maybe I'm just hype off the OKC magic that scared money don't make no money, but you never hey. know, right? You, never, you know. never know. I love it. Sam Presti. Shout out to Sam Presti. Shout out to, shout out to Sam Presti, man. If, if Masai makes that trade and, and says that at the press conference, I'll get so hype. That would be I, the, the best thing ever. Listen, the other thing, too, was last week you mentioning the Carmelo thing and then it happening the day after. And oh, everybody was like, yo, buyout. they're going to save themselves 150 mil. Yeah, the Carmelo buyout. Like, there are people, hey, as I said, part of what we try to do on this show is just inform people, right? So... I spend a lot of time on Twitter, deep diving, you know, trying to follow the right people and get as much information as possible to be informed when we have these conversations, but also to give the people the information that's out there, right? And so when we find that information, we try to put that out there for you so you we're all ahead of the curve when we're talking ball, we're talking shop. So when the metal thing happens, if you listen to the Ball on Blast podcast, you're not surprised. But I guess while we're talking about Mello... Should we continue just quickly and go over what's happening with Melo right now? As it seems like it's down to basically the Rockets and Heat. Where should Carmelo go? And should these teams even want Carmelo? Probably not. uh, Because the problem is is that Carmelo could be a really efficient, really nice weapon off the bench. If he learns to play power forward and plays it like the rest of the league that the position has now evolved into, he could be a dangerous piece. But... The problem is is that it doesn't seem, especially if you look at his history, that he has any interest in doing that. Yeah, the thing that I don't I really don't understand, Webby, is if I'm Carmelo, right? You were just in Oklahoma City where you were the third piece. And you didn't really like how that went, even though you had all the opportunities to knock down wide open shots and he really just missed, right? So yeah. you're gonna be in the exact same situation if you go to Houston. Right, because it's the same ISO ball, you know, James Harden's Russ, Paul George, and and uh, Chris Paul. I know they're two completely different players, but they're two scores. Like they're the next chips, right? The next guys in line to get the ball. So Melo would find himself in basically the same situation, except with all the other pieces that have left the Rockets. I feel like there'd be so much more pressure on Carmelo to play defense to. Do you know what I mean? Like, and to produce because if yeah, I don't the know. The Rockets were just the Rockets were just what a game away from beating the Warriors, right, and making it to the NBA Finals. If Carmelo comes in there and 
it doesn't work. Like we know where all the finger pointing is going to happen, right? It's going to happen and it's going to be pointed right in the direction of Carmelo. The other big thing is, didn't Mike D'Antoni quit, <laughs> right? Or like basically leave the Knicks Can because of Carmelo? You know what? Like I saw your notes today and I was like, oh yeah, like that's a whole thing that I didn't even realize about this. Carmelo to the Rockets situation is D'Antoni. Yeah, like we've seen this marriage break up already when D'Antoni was with the Knicks and D'Antoni was trying to get Melo to play the four and Melo didn't want to play the four. And now two years later or three years later, however long it's been, Melo's going to go to the Rockets and he's going to have to play the four. And maybe he's he's conceded that, right? Because last year he played the four with, with OKC. Right. But now I, I just don't see how this is going to work. And so my thing is I would probably go to the Heat. And the other reason, too, for going to the Heat is Miami. Well, yes, we don't have to. I mean, hey, maybe Lala might not approve of that. (laughs) Or she would move, too, with the family to make sure she's keeping an eye on on nighttime mellow and club live mellow. But what I mean is Miami, they're off season, right? Like they're off the court guys. They're workout guys. The regime that. Pat Riley institutes for that James whole Johnson. franchise. Look right? at what, what, what they did with yes. James Johnson. People go there. They change their whole diet. They change their workout plan. They change their bodies. And we've seen a lot of people head to Miami and have their careers rejuvenated there, right? Like Dwayne Wade, when he went back from his little stint in Cleveland, it took him a couple weeks. And then, boom, we've seen flashes of the old flash. Pardon the pun. I did not mean to do that. I promise. Right, right. But, pun intended. <laughs> If that happens with Melo, and I'm not saying the the Heat are contending for an Eastern Conference championship. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying the risk of signing Melo for whatever the minimum is because he's getting all his money from OKC, the risk if I'm if I'm Melo and if I'm the Heat, to me, that reward is huge. If you're talking about Look at what they made Hassan Whiteside. Look at what they did that one healthy year, and it was a contract year, of Dion Waiters. If they somehow find a way to rejuvenate Melo and you pair that, let's say Wade comes back for the cheat because he's playing with his banana boat pal, Carmelo, you're talking Wade, you're talking Melo, you're talking... Waiters. Waiters, Whiteside, and then the other pieces they have still, Drogic, uh, I have a you know, feeling Ellington. White, I have a feeling I'm not Whiteside. saying that's a good team. I'm just saying the risk and verse reward, the reward is big if you're Mello and the Heat. I think that makes a lot more sense at this stage if we're being realistic of what Mello's trying to do. The Rockets... I don't know if that's a, if that's a smart move for the Rockets. I would say that uh, a Whiteside probably not going to be on the Heat next year. I'd be, <laughs> I'd be pretty surprised if that were to happen. But I it, still can't get over that video of Whiteside hitting like one three <laughs> in a practice. Like he's in an empty gym, he hits one three, and he's just like talking shit to the camera. Like this is what happens when you let people do what they do, or something like something to that effect. I forget the exact quote, but it's just like, come on, man. But the thing is, we're R- talking about Riley's right not done yet, right? So there, there could be no. a lot of changes going on in Miami, and it's always a, a an interesting place for people to go because of the nightlife, because of having Riley and that uh, background there, and now because of having Wade back in the fold. So I think I agree with you that Miami would probably be a better fit for Carmelo, uh, especially if they start to build a system that he can thrive in. 
but I think that he'll end up in Houston because the Rockets will see him as a potential replacement for what they're losing on the offensive end from Trevor Ariza. Oh, on the defensive end. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Well, I don't think that... Oh, Kirk. I see what you're saying. Yeah, but I got you. In no, terms no, no, of replacing you, the you. offense that you left with I Trevor, you. you might be able to get most of that back with Carmelo. If he's allowed to chill you. and take a corner three or uh, or a wing three and just be that player, uh, I, I think that that's a little bit more realistic than what he was uh, being asked to do in Oklahoma City as their third piece, you know? Yeah, it took them a while to try to figure out, you know, kind of how you could involve all three of those guys in plays, right? right? Because what happened very early in the season was two of them were standing in the corner and watching Russ do what he does. Or then Russ would stand in the corner while Paul George did what he did, right? And then Melo's just, he got the ball, so he's firing up a shot just because he hasn't shot in a while. Whereas, you know, and that <laughs> whereas the Rockets have a really streamlined offensive system. That they can Where it's plug ISO, ISO, ISO. So you stand in the corner. At least we know that's what the offense but, is. Yeah, that that's what the program is, and that's what you're mm-hmm. stepping into if you're mellow. It's known rather than Oklahoma City. We've got to figure this out for the first couple of months. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's an interesting piece. I still think it'd be interesting if Mello ended up in L.A., but that doesn't seem no, like it's going to happen. Not going to happen. The one pipe dream that I wish would happen, just to see the media reaction, because. The media doesn't like Carmelo and like is easy to like pile on Carmelo, much like they do with Russ, much like they did with Allen Iverson, right? But I would love to see Melo take the minimum and join the Golden State Warriors. Just to see the reaction that people would have a week after they were like, oh, Boogie Cousins, that's fine. Great way to repair your image, blah, 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 blah. But somehow if Melo did it, I bet you the media would be like, oh, Melo, just jumping on a bandwagon. He's still not a winner. Blah, 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 blah. I think there would, I be, think a lot be, of, I think there would be a lot of lols, as they call, as the kids call them. <laughs> a lot of Twitter lols if he were to join the Warriors. A lot, of good, a lot of good memes coming from that one. Well, Mr. Andrew Webster, funny that you would mention social media oh, lols, as the kids would say. Oh, my and God. And we are, of course, talking about the Golden State Warriors and one Mr. Kevin Durant. If you listen to the Ball on Blast podcast once or twice, or even last week, you might be familiar with my love-hate, but mostly hate relationship with the Golden State Warriors. I was going to say, there's no love in there. <laughs> Maybe love to hate? Yeah, And love by to lo- hate. love to hate, I mean sports hate, obviously, right? Exactly. Because, you know, two things here. First, before we dive into the Kevin Durant stuff, though, Steph Curry had a pretty good quote on the narrative of the Warriors are ruining the NBA, and his response was, it's the dumbest phrase ever. Right. And he's right. Last week we talked about it. Last week we talked about it. Right. And I think I don't think they're ruining the NBA because, again, it gives me something to root against. So we need we need this stuff. Right. We need something to root against or root for. And again, enjoy the regular season for what it is. And if your sole basis for watching the NBA is to see who wins the championship then, yeah, you're missing out. You're missing out on a lot of good stories because there's so much more to the NBA. Speaking of, so, Webby, follow me here. A kid on Instagram puts out a picture that says, 
<laughs> it says three elite two-way players, but don't elevate a team quite like LeBron and Steph due to their playmaking slash leadership deficiencies. And the image is of Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, and Anthony Davis. So this person puts this up on Instagram and says, thoughts, agree, or disagree. Now, <laughs> one of the people to respond <laughs> to this is Kevin Durant. Now, Webby, I'm going to ask you a question here. Why on earth is Kevin Durant responding to kids on Instagram? Because as we get into this, the kid, we see these DMs going back and forth. And if we start at the very beginning, we see one where Kevin Durant is talking to the kid and saying, calls him like a bootleg Stephen A. Yeah, Smith or something yeah, which like that. Which was a good burn. <laughs> right? And Durant says, I get it. You obviously want people to respond to it. So I did. If you can't respect it, then, and then puts the shrug emoji, right? Did you tag all of your followers in the post? You wanted me to view it, and I did. So the kid's trying to explain himself and says, I respect your game and understand that you're the greatest scorer I've ever seen, but I just don't think you can lead a team like Steph and LeBron. Doesn't mean you're not the best 1v1 player in basketball. It means that I don't think... Basically just saying he's not a good leader, to which Durant actually responds to this kid and says, nah, buddy, you're like 12. Your opinion will not be used as any motivation. Y'all got people thinking that since I get buckets in the NBA, I'm too big. <laughs> I'm too big and famous to be a black man at 7 p.m. on a Tuesday scrolling through Instagram. LOL. Y'all are too funny. I like Instagram. I like basketball. You got to be tripping if I'm not going to chime in here every Sorry, if I'm not going to chime in every here and there, LOL, ha. And so uh, reading this was a little, I, it kind of put into what Durant is about in a little more positive light for me. Uh, I was really oh. one of these people who was really down on Durant uh, for okay. hopping on people's and creating the uh, fake accounts, things like that. But man, this is how you do it. Because I'll tell you what, what? I'll tell you what, okay. I'll tell you what, man, he made that kid's life. 100%. <laughs> that is something that kid will never forget ever, ever, ever. All right? And, and, Here's and my just, thing, the, though, just the fact that Durant even calls himself out on he's like, listen, I'm just a guy on 7 p.m. going through Instagram. Every once in a while, I'll drop in and tell you that you're bullshit here or there. I think that's awesome. And I think that's a, I, I, think I think it's, it's a lot f- better than what he was doing with the fake accounts and saying, "Oh, why? Why don't you lay off Kevin Durant?" I think it's so much real, so much more real, so much more honest, mm-hmm. and so much funnier that it's just him. Like, hey, buddy, just wanted to say that you're dumb for saying this. I don't care that <laughs> you're 13. You're putting this out here, and you're putting my name on it. Of course, I'm going to look. And I'm going to call you out. I think it's great. <laughs> So here's the thing. I feel like we're grading this on a sliding scale, right? So I've, I've heard this where people said exactly what you just said, Webby, that, hey, this is better than what he was doing when he was making up the fake Twitter accounts and responding to people. And while I agree, this is just a different level of lame. Because why are you responding and going back and forth, especially once you find out that the kid is like 17 years old, like a little kid? Why are you going back and forth and actually arguing with a kid 
on Instagram. No, that, that, that makes no sense. No, that's like, even better. What do you have to that, gain out of that's this? That's even better. It'd be weirder if it was like a forty-year-old man, or even like even if he was <laughs> responding to something that Stephen A. Smith or or Colin Coward said. I think it's way cooler that he did it with this thirteen-year-old kid. You know what we got to do, Shelley? Is that when you post this on Instagram, you've got to yo, Kevin you've got to at Kevin Durant. You got to. <laughs> You got to. Does Kevin Durant? Does Kevin Durant have a SoundCloud page? Because if he does, we got to tag. That would be the coolest thing. It would be the coolest thing. Oh man! Here's the thing I don't understand, though, Webby. This is what I don't get. Okay, if you're going back and forth with people, right, to call them out and tell them they're wrong, and you're calling them trolls, isn't this just encouraging more trolls? See. To come so at you? That's a good point. Is because now in this day and age that we live in, now everybody who posts anything is going to at Kevin Durant, right? Just oh, because yeah. it happened with this kid and the amount of coverage that it got. So yes, I do agree with you, but I think that uh, I still think that in this case, it's I think it's really cool of Durant. I think that it really makes him a little more normal. And makes that behavior, <laughs> like, I understand it a little more. He should have just been doing this all the time as Kevin Durant, just being like, hey, I see you're talking shit. It's Kevin Durant. I just wanted to tell you that you're wrong. Have a great day. Okay, so I got an idea for you, Webby. This just came to me, and I'm definitely going to at Kevin Durant with this whole conversation we're having right now because I have an idea for him. And so when they do this, I want to see if they credit the Ball on Blast okay. podcast because here's what he really should be doing, right? Because, hey, I love, I love Instagram too. I understand, hey, we spend a lot of our time now in 2018 scrolling through comments on Instagram, going to the next thing over and over again. I totally understand that. But if that's what you're interested in doing and you like interacting with the fans, what Kevin Durant should do every once in a while is we know that they're all trying to come up with their own uh, different media outlets, right. right? Like, I think Kevin Durant was trying to push his YouTube channel. We know LeBron has the, the uninterrupted, right? So here's what Kevin Durant should do. He should do his own, basically, Jimmy Kimmel reads mean tweets segment. That's what Kevin Durant should do each and, and every week. And he should week. do it on he Instagram camera, Live. He does it on Instagram, and he just reads people's comments that they send to him each and every week, and he just, you know, gets to go back at them and make all these videos every week where, I don't know what you that call be, it, KD's mean tweets, that's I don't really, know, KD in the comments, and he just reads all the people that add him, and he goes back at them. Maybe he hires a comedian on the side that's that's a writer yeah. for him, that like, you know, he has an intern that gets all the tweets for him, and he has like witty responses, okay. so by the time he tapes the video, and, and here And here's boom, what he's got to do. Him he's reading the be, comment. He's got to be consistent with it. So it's like every Saturday yeah. morning at 8 p or at 8 a.m., Pacific Standard Time, you're going to get the Instagram story that's going to go on for five minutes of Durant just roasting mm -hmm. people. Exactly. That would be, it would be great. Uh, it would be something that would catch on so quick. And just like that, you would see other athletes start to catch on and start to do this and take oh. their image and their message into their own hands. Here's the thing. KD in his feelings, KD in his comments, something like that. KD I don't know. in his feelings is really funny. I don't know if he'd go right? with that, but KD in his comments would probably, you could probably get away with well, that. Well, you have to have fun with it, right? 
You'd have to have fun with it. And I see this turning into something that he could do with his teammates. Maybe each week, you know, every once in a while, he'll bring on one of his teammates. Somebody is roasting clay about like China or whatever. Exactly. Right. We just gave Kevin Durant a content idea. That's why we're going to add him. That's why we're going to add him. We're going to add him on this. Kevin Durant, we got an idea for you. I think this could work. KD in his feelings where he just reads people's comments and roast them and on Twitter. Even, I think that would be he hilarious. He could even get real with it if somebody was like, you know, I don't think Kevin Durant could, uh, you know, hold a candle to, or I don't think that he's got what it takes to become the greatest scorer ever in the uh, in the NBA. And then if he was able to like really break down on why he disagrees with that point, make some salient, uh, intelligent points about that that would be cool too man i would just i, I want to see see i go the but, other well, way obviously Randy. you want it I'm to about be fun. fun first of all yeah i like fun things and i just picture kevin durant reading all the like wild shit that people post in his comments and just savaging people back it's great i think that would be it's hilarious great. kd there you go don't say we never did anything for you kd yeah d- don't say we don't <laughs> love you Right? All love. All love. Uh, Speaking of love, though, Webby, there seems to be a weird, we don't know if it's love or, you know, cautious love going on right now, but this whole LeBron to the Lakers seems kind of conflicted so far, right? We had the mural that went up. I was going to bring up that mural. There's nothing that's more of a better metaphor from what this move has been perceived to by me as that mural going up it getting vandalized it getting painted over and now it's just gone it's crazy laker fans we know it's a kobe town we know before that is a magic town and lebron james this whole thing as it as we settle in lebron obviously releases a picture from clutch sports where it's him his agent and the lakers gm rod palenka posing for a pick as lebron signs his contract with the la lakers but Things are getting weird. We're hearing people coming out of the woodworks, questioning the work of Magic Johnson and company. And, you know, when Jerry West talks, people we listen. listen. Jerry West says, hey, quote, all due respect to the Lakers who handled everything well. But as these things go, LeBron was not a tough free agent signing. LeBron wanted to come to L.A. and he wanted to come to the Lakers, period. He has a family he's thinking about. He has a home here. That's Jerry West on LeBron's decision, kind of throwing some shade on all the hype that the Lakers and Magic Johnson were getting for pulling off this move of getting LeBron James. Webby, I ask you, are we giving Magic too much credit here? Uh, No, I don't think you can ever give Magic too much credit. I think what he's done in his post-basketball career is unbelievable, but... I do agree with Jerry West here. I think that this is probably one of the easiest layups that Magic Johnson's ever had in his career playing or otherwise. I mean, this was there for him to lose, basically. LeBron, I've heard a couple of stories that the Sixers were close. I don't know how much I believe that. It did seem like it was pretty (laughs) much a done deal uh, as soon as the – really as early as last year that this was going to happen and it was going to go down. So – uh, I do, of course, listen, like you said, when Jerry West talks, we listen. He's a logo uh, for a reason, right? And uh, that's why we listen is because he's usually tapped into stuff like this. So uh, I, I do think that it was pretty easy get for L.A. But it's just going to be interesting to see what happens now with the season and uh, how it starts out for LeBron, too, because we all remember what happened with Nash and uh, Dwight Howard. 
there for just a season yeah. and then afterwards just gone. Well, it is super interesting, right? Because I think there's two sides to this. And on the one hand, okay, cool. Maybe Magic just didn't have to, like, all Magic had to do was not mess up. Maybe that's a thing. Cool. But I think this is a results-based industry. And if at the end of the day, you got LeBron James, doesn't matter how you got there. Bottom line is you got LeBron James. Right. On the flip side, there's a whole other side to this. There's a story out about uh, LeBron James sells an idea to Paramount on a new comedy film in which uh, James and a writer named Steve Mallory have sold an idea for a new comedy to Paramount players with James in early talks for a potential starring role. So there's all these things going on, plus LeBron on TMZ <laughs> being filmed coming out of power dinners with Al Pacino and Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> Amazing. So there's there's a lot going on, and we know, again, LeBron has a family, which Jerry West mentioned, and I think this is a huge part of it, right? And if you follow LeBron on Instagram, you, you saw this week that, you know, his family was, his, his sons were had a bunch of friends over, and they're having, like, a pool party, and his son's, like, dancing before he jumps into the pool. And as I'm watching that, and LeBron's, like, gassing the kids, right? Like, it's so funny. But as I'm watching that, all I'm thinking is, I don't know if you could do that in Cleveland, right? yeah, yeah. but you could do that in LA year round. Yeah, and you can do that in Cleveland you... for like a week. <laughs> right. But if you're talking about moving to LA and you can do that now year round, plus, you know, I really think that this move had a lot more to do with LeBron setting up his post career. Right. And if you can start funding that post career while building relationships in LA, of course you do it. And I think that's a great move for LeBron. I'm interested to see what kind of projects they have going because his his production company, there's a lot of things they're working on. They got like a doc coming out with a, what's the Super Size Me guy? Morgan Spurlock, is yeah, that his name? Yeah, good, good pull. Um, he uh, he's work in talks with LeBron's crew there to look into like the education system and like the youth programs in uh -oh. Akron, Ohio, where LeBron's from. Like the documentary working on that. There's talks of LeBron and Channing Tatum trying to partner and work on stuff. Like there's a lot of things LeBron James has on the go with his production company already. And so to me, it's super cool to see all these things happen while he's still playing. And the basketball side of it. It's like, yeah, I, LeBron's a confident dude, and he thinks you put him on any team, that team's making the playoffs, and they're going to compete, and they can win a round in the NBA. So it's it's interesting. It's interesting to see, but I like it. But I want to ask you, Webby, what do you think of uh, the Rob Palenka's comments where he said a lot of the moves that people were questioning, I'm paraphrasing here, but a lot of the moves that people were questioning in terms of Lance Stevenson and uh, – Rondo and Contavious Caldwell Pope, like all these guys that people are saying, wait a second, these aren't the traditional shooters that we're seeing. Rob Palenka's answer was, you're not going to out Golden State, Golden State, so we're going to try to beat them with toughness and defense. And that's kind of their game plan. That's what him and LeBron and Magic all talked about. And that's kind of their game plan going forward. It's not to just sit around with shooters, but they want to play defense and kind of rough up the Warriors. What do you think of that plan? Yeah, and I mean, that's a little what I was talking about last last week with this move to L.A. for LeBron, is that we were speaking uh, through the regular season and through the playoffs about how much LeBron was 
taking off. I mean, because he had to do so much on the offensive end that, of course, he was taking some defensive possessions off. Uh, His average rate of speed on the court was the lowest in the league because he had to do so much on offense. And now, as he doesn't necessarily have to be the facilitator and the creator, maybe then you think that a lot of that energy he can refocus onto the defensive end and become a real, in his older age, just a nasty lockdown defender. And that's what I want to see from LeBron. I want to see him be the best defensive player on the court night in, night out. And I know he can do it because we know he can do just about anything he wants to on the court. Yeah, for sure. And the one thing that that I think people are losing sight of because we're so focused right now on what the cat or the the Cavs. Wow, I still haven't gotten used to LeBron on the Lakers. But we're so focused on what the Lakers roster is right now in terms of what it could be come playoff time. But the other thing is the way that they're building this team to and when they're talking about taking down the Warriors let's not focus so much on the regular season, right? Because the regular season, it's basically just going to be make sure LeBron's healthy, make sure, you know, Rondo's healthy, get everyone acclimated. Hopefully the younger guys develop. These moves to me are for the playoffs. And we know that playoff basketball is a lot different than the regular season as Raptors fans should know, right? Of going at LeBron for how many straight years. But the grind of what the playoffs are, right? It's not going to be just all about can you run and gun and shoot with the Warriors. It's about pushback. It's about nuts. It's about heart and effort and not backing down. And we know Rondo probably thinks that he's better than Steph. Is he better than Steph? Obviously not. But in his mind, he believes that. Lance thinks that he's better than LeBron and KD. You know what I mean? (laughs) And you need that in the playoffs. If you have hopes of beating the Warriors, you need to believe that you can beat the Warriors, whether it's right or wrong. So, again, I don't think their roster's done, but... I like the moves in terms of being chippy and like not just leaving it to LeBron to give the pushback against Golden State. And again, I don't even think that the the move to LA for LeBron is about championships. I think it's about setting up his post-basketball career and a family move for his kids. Someone made the analogy or they said that LeBron always talked about loving the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and comparing himself to Will Smith and moving out to Bel-Air. Yeah. Right. I I think that's kind of like an interesting parallel to make. Right. I think that's super interesting and kind of cool. Right. And maybe that's what he's thinking in terms of giving his kids that life. Right. So, hey, I don't know. Seems kind of cool. But one last thing I want to do LeBron wise here, Webby, is uh, I don't know if you caught on to this, but we talk a lot about Dave McMenamin, who is one of the great Cleveland. He's been a Cleveland beat guy following LeBron. Uh, for a while, but there was a three-man podcast on ESPN, I heard about right? this. So it was Dave McMenamin, Joe Varden, and Jason Lloyd of The Athletic. And these three guys locked have covered the Cavs Cleveland. for the past four years. Completely locked in. And as we talk about, one of the things we talk about, because I'm super interested in this, right? I obviously work in the industry, and so, but I'm super interested in terms of good reporting, right? And I love hearing good stories from good reporters because there's a lot of juice that they might have along the way that they they can't really come out with because it doesn't really fit into a story, but also it's not enough for an actual story at the time. But now when you can be reflective because LeBron and Kyrie are both gone, you got a lot of these little nuggets that you had along the way that now in terms of a full-on story, look back, 
there are a lot of things here. So I want to play a little game with you, Webby, okay? Right, shoot. We'll go from zero to five, and five being the most petty, okay? So I want you to tell me where each of these things rank on the petty scale, right? Because these are, again, notes from a podcast that these beat writers did of information that they've gathered over the last four years of covering the Cavs, okay? Okay, so, so five on the pettiness scale is top. Is the top level of petty, right? So, immediately after the 2016 championship, someone important in LeBron's camp told Varden that LeBron's next plan was to go to the Lakers to play with his friends. Varden believes that friends part meant the banana boat crew. So... While this was going on, Kyrie never made a strong relationship within the Cavs organization slash front office, both before and while LeBron was in Cleveland. Kyrie didn't like Mike Brown because of because Larry Hughes, a client of Kyrie's agent, already had a bad relationship with Brown, and there was also a serious debate within the Cavs to choose Dion Waiters over Kyrie Irving at one point. So Listen, Kyrie, that's, my, that's my first question. Kyrie not really getting along with the front office because of Larry Hughes having the same agent and because of a beef with Dion Waiters. Level of petty there, Webby. Uh, I put it at a two. A two? Fairly low. Okay, cool. Next thing. Kyrie didn't like uh, Tyron I, I give it an extra point because of besmirching Dion Waiters' name. <laughs> Kyrie didn't like uh, Tyron Lue very much, especially after Lue told the media, quote, players need to put their brands aside, meaning Love and Kyrie need to stop worrying about endorsements and trust LeBron to lead the team. Ty Lue admitted to McMenamin that Kyrie has treated him like a stranger since day one, and that it's impossible to break through to him, which may have been why Kyrie made those remarks about the coaching styles this year and why he was so much praising Brad Stevens because of his quote unquote dislike for Ty Lue's love of LeBron. Yeah. Uh, I give this a one. I don't call this very petty. I call this true. Ooh, uh, okay, Tyron, I like it. Ty Lue was LeBron's guy. He wasn't okay. the team's guy. He wasn't Kyrie's guy. And if I were Kyrie and that were to happen right in front of me, I'd be a little salty as well. So I don't think that this is very petty. I think this is probably more true than anything. I actually agree with you. And shout out to David Blatt, by the way. We always forget about David Blatt. <laughs> Yo, fallen soldier, David Blatt. Right? Um, next thing on the petty scale. So, Kyrie did not appreciate LeBron's questions directed at him. McMenamin was writing a story about LeBron's improved three-point shot, but Kyrie was annoyed when he approached him about any noticeable changes in LeBron's technique. The media also made a deal about LeBron wearing the I Can't Breathe shirts, despite Kyrie being the first Cav to wear it. All three reporters believe this clearly bothered Kyrie Irving. This is getting up to a four for me. <laughs> okay. It's like, honestly, and like, you know, almost a five. Because, bro, it's like, it was a great gesture. and But you don't do something like that to get the credit. If anything, exactly. you, want, you want LeBron to wear the shirt because he's the biggest star on the planet. Exactly. And if he's wearing it, then something successful is happening with the cause that you care about. Exactly. Right? You should be wearing the shirt for the cause. And obviously, you have to realize that LeBron being maybe, arguably, the most famous athlete in the world, maybe behind who? Ronaldo and Messi? Ronaldo. Right? Uh, Shout-outs to Juventus for getting Ronaldo. Yes. Shouts. 
Um, but you know what I mean? Like th this is the level of petty for me here is five for sure. Webby, I agree with exactly what you just said. You're supposed to care about the movement of the, I can't breathe t-shirts. Not the fact that LeBron got credit for wearing it when you did it first. That is super lame. Uh, next thing. So Kyrie and his camp considered leaving after the championship, but decided otherwise. Kyrie's father wanted a bigger role in the organization and did not appreciate LeBron's friend, Randy Mims, having a position within the organization. God, you're right up there with the last one. <laughs> like, come on, man. It's like your dad wanted to hire position with the Cleveland Cavaliers and that's why you left what like what do you think you're gonna go to Boston and he's gonna be running the Celtics like relax over here bro um the next one here I'm laughing before I even read it because it's just funny to begin with but the flat earth drama really bothered Kyrie he didn't like that he was receiving attention now instead of for more serious topics like the political and social stuff like LeBron. Uh, if you don't want to be made fun of for thinking the earth is flat, uh, read a book <laughs> or like <laughs> or like go on an airplane. Like, oh, man. like we're going to make fun of you saying dumb shit because you're saying dumb shit. <laughs> So many notes in that. I'd advise people to go back and listen to that interview. There's so much stuff going on in that in that article. Lots of tidbits about just what was going on in the Cavs drama. If you're a basketball nerd like we are, definitely a must listen because we're talking about three good reporters that have great sourced information and a lot of little tidbits on the inner yeah, working. So much access. So much access. So much going on. So yeah. That was a lot of stuff going on in the NBA, Webby. A lot of stuff going on in the NBA. And again, I'm I'm not even surprised at this point because... It was funny. We talked after recording last week. Like, are we going to have enough to talk about next week? Like, maybe we'll <laughs> wait a week. And then it was like, I saw the Kawhi Leonard betting lines. And I was like, okay, so we're going to do this on Thursday. Okay, that sounds good. <laughs> so good. So good, Webby. And you know what? Something else that, that spawned a lot of talk from last week's episode was our discussion on Drake's Scorpion album. And, you know, maybe it garners a little a little quick ask on blast here. As, as you know, another week has passed. Have you gotten more time to to live with the scorpion album have you taken it in more have you gotten you tired know, of uh maybe the uh in my feelings challenge are you applauding those kinky and then let, so my friend uh my, my best man at my wedding actually is from philadelphia and he texted me a very good question who is kiki oh so we found out that kiki is actually keisha shanti that's who the internet is saying. Do you remember Ooh. Keisha Shanti, Canadian uh, I, pop yeah. star from back in the day? So the story goes yeah. that supposedly her and Drake were uh, like that was his first like serious girlfriend. I guess while he was Degrassi Drake and she was like the oh, up and coming R and B star. And uh, right. for those hockey fans, right, remember Keisha Shanti is being engaged to or was dating Sens goalie Ray Emery. That's right, Ray Emery, yeah. Yeah, Keisha Shanti was also host person. to 106 in Park, right? Remember that's a thing too? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, as the story goes, we think that Kiki is Keisha Shanti. Yes, that's, oh. what, that's what the Twitter sphere is telling me anyways, Webby. Um, okay, so am I sick of the album yet? You know what? Um, I'm losing a little steam with mm -hmm. it. 
but uh, like we talked about last week, there's still that like four or five song stretch on the R&B side that's pretty unassailable. Uh, and it's still like heavy rotation in my uh, what I call my phone tunes, yeah. uh, the the tunes that are saved there on the phone. So that like four or five song stretch is still in there. But uh, well, but it was quickly replaced because Future came out with a with a new mixtape that I think is fucking incredible. I haven't um, listened yet. I got to take that it, in. It is straight fire. Like I really think the future. As, Something that I thought I'd never say here, Shelly. I think that Future is maybe the most consistent rapper of the last decade. Ooh, okay. Uh, okay. I, I, that might be really tough, but I think that like he has been on such a run, and everything that he puts out, uh, I know what I'm getting, and I still like it okay. a, real, a whole lot. But the other big news uh, before we get out of here with this Ask on Blast is, uh, you know what I read today? Okay. Is that Kanye West is in Chicago working on Chance the Rapper's album? Yeah. Um, oh, no, that's not. No, 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 not no, no. the reaction. Here, here's the thing. I, I'm gonna say, um, and I'll say this to you as well, Webby, because I was my my take off of the Drake album was gonna be if you're a hip hop fan and a fan of culture, a must listen each and every week uh, is the like Joe a- Bun podcast. Hold on, a, a fan of culture as in like Cardi B's and Offset's new baby? <laughs> no, that is not what I meant. <laughs> oh, because I'm also that uh, that culture fan too. That is that is not what I meant, but okay. I meant culture as in like hip-hop culture and music okay, yeah, culture yeah, yeah, yeah. and, you know, culture. Um, the culture. The Joe Budden podcast did, and if you, so if you're down with the Drake album or you're not really sure about it, or you're looking for like a great review on the Drake album, the Joe, Joe Bun podcast last week was so good. They did a great job of breaking down the album, but really what they did was they uncovered a great theory on one of the songs, eight out of 10, right? And they did okay. a full like breakdown of the lyrics. And basically the point of what they were saying was behind his theory was that, we know that Drake went out to Wyoming to work with Kanye, right? Right. And the story, if you piece together what he's saying in some of those lyrics, is that Drake played some of the album for Kanye, including the song at the end of Scorpion, where Drake obviously talks about having this kid. And then Kanye turned around after Drake left oh. and gave said information to Pusha T. That's dirty business. Ooh, yeah. That's one but, of the theories that are out there, and Drake alludes to it when he's talking about, oh, I see you guys with the white vans out, parked out. You know, there's a lot of subliminals in eight out of ten. And I'll just say this: after I heard that from the Joe from Joe Budden, and as they gave the breakdown, and you go back and listen to it under that guys, I was like, hmm, interesting. And I can't lie; it made me look at Kanye in a very, very, very different light. Yeah, that's it was interesting. Funny recommended listening that we try to give you each week it's not something that's outside of the realm of what kanye does too because remember with the whole taylor swift thing with kim kardashian and putting that on blast out there yeah i always thought that rubbed me a little bit the wrong way yeah no 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 i totally Mm -hmm. hear you i i agree with you but listen Um, as long as he's not talking and making the music uh especially for chano i'm down i'm down with that i want to hear that I mean, here's the thing. I'm here to find out and see what a Kanye Chance Rapper album would be like. I think that would be kind of cool. In terms of Scorpion, I still kind of have the exact same 
feelings, you know, if I, yeah. if I, I, I took another week to listen to it and see if anything sort of bumped up to me, you know, and eight out of 10, as I just said, has a different feel to it for me now. So I, I get it. I have a different understanding of it. Um, but yeah, if we're talking about the rap side of Drake's album, Webby, we're only really talking about, I'm only going to give up, you know, eight out of tens, Sandra's Rose, Emotionless is a dope sample and a dope beat, but I, I wanted more out of the bars. But yeah, it, I'm still on what you were saying last week about that B side. And, you know, Nice for What is still banging for the whole oh. summer. Ratchet Happy Birthday Yo, ra- still gets me going. Happy it's, birthday it's funny. Is, Ratchet Happy Birthday is maybe one of the best songs I've heard this year. It makes me laugh. I, I can't lie. It, it makes me laugh. but And it's a good song. But just that whole little run there that they have, and of course, yeah. the In My Feelings Challenge is everywhere. And if, if you haven't seen it yet, I think Will Smith officially won the In My Feelings Challenge. Better than Swaggy Peas? Yes. Like, if you okay. haven't seen it, right, go gotta, to it right now it. And, and watch it, because, like, he went next level shit to it, and I think it's over. Well, between him and Sierra, because, yeah. Listen, yeah. Sierra. Yeah. I think I've told the story on this podcast. I interviewed Sierra once on a red carpet at the NBA All-Star Game. And she's and you had to, to this change day has, afterwards? She has the softest hands. I've Like, she shook ah, my hand. Wow. And, and like, she has the softest hands of any person I've ever felt in my life. Like, I don't know what kind <laughs> of carry lotion she has, but... When she shook my hand and she said, oh, hi, nice to meet you. I was like, uh, n- 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 nice to meet you too. And oh. I don't stumble. I don't get nervous. Like, I don't care. But I was just like, holy shit, Sierra is dope as fuck. Yeah. But, like, um, but yeah, her in my feelings. Yeah. Her in my feelings <laughs> vid, uh, challenge is pretty good. And obviously as a Niners fan, I'm a Russell Wilson hater. Yeah. But I can't hate on him for that at all. But Will <clears throat> Smith, next level. Okay. So I'll let you guys watch up. that. We'll end the pod on that, Webby. How about no, that? End the pod on Beast Mode 2. That's the name of the mixtape. Speaking of Ooh. Sierra. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what Future called his mixtape? Yeah, man. And it's, pre- it's pretty fucking fire, man. I'm in. I'll, I'll give that a listen this week. And you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll still give a listen out to all the good music because this has been a dope summer for music, all told. I'm still banging Pusha T. Oh, my Pusha God. Pusha T's bro. album is still fire. I, that I, album I, is getting bumped still. I was on random, and that's like that's the first album that I started with my phone tune. So that's the one that I started kind of towards the beginning of the summer. And um, the When You Know You Know came on. <laughs> and I think I think I hit repeat on it twice, <laughs> so I had to go back because that's the best. That's definitely the beast best beat drop of the year. It's when, so good. It's so it, like just when it drops, I just want to fucking put my head through a wall. Yeah, it's so good. And to bring this all the way back around to basketball, like we always do on this podcast, LeBron's back into his uh instagram stories of workout videos yeah and what song was he what was he bumping to uh, today uh, while working out what, what it was, was it? Pusha t's album on day Pusha t's daytona album was getting bumped so oh, hey, what was it the other day i thought he had something the other day and i was like "Ooh, that's oh, interesting sure. that he would use that oh it was he's rapping biggie earlier this that's week. what it was it was biggie yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. rapping biggie earlier this week and i was like oh okay all right because yeah, he's old was, like us true true 
from Biggie to Pusha T to LeBron James and everything else in between pretty much sums up what we try to do here on the Ball on Blast podcast, right, Webby? But if the people want to message you about any of those things or your Phillies, where can they hit you up? Big win against the uh, Orioles tonight. They hung on. Uh, You can uh, find me tweeting about the uh, Phillies at AWebster84 on Twitter and on Instagram. And you could find me, Sheldon Alexander, on Twitter at Shell Alexander, on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. And of course, shout out to all our people on YouTube watching, enjoying the videos. Like and share yeah, with your man. friends. Subscribe on iTunes, rate Subscribe. us on iTunes. Oh, Webby, someone in the comments was getting at you for your Drake takes last week. What? I was like, okay. See, unlike like, Kevin Durant, I don't read the comments. <laughs> Well played, Webby. I'm just going to stop there. That's how we should end this. As always, as always, until next week, we are the Ball on Blast podcast, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. Peace. This is Ball on Blast, part of the On Blast podcast network, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you like it, then subscribe and tell your friends. Holla.